You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. You feeling the sweat, Taylor? I don't have air conditioning, so. Oh, you are definitely feeling the sweat then. Well, every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. I would really love $7 billion. Even just like 700, but like 7 billion, that's a lot of goddamn money. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm a pick to be named later. Oh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about today, Taylor. Some good, some very, very, very bad. So to kick things off, the big boy is gone. The big boy era in Buffalo has ended for the beginning of a big boy era for another big boy on defense, which we'll get to in a minute. But I am, of course, talking about Rasmus Ristolainen being traded to the Philadelphia Flyers in what was an A-plus deal for Kevin Adams for his first real big trade of this new era post-Ralph Kruger. Rasmus Ristolainen was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers for the number 14, technically number 13 overall draft pick, which ended up becoming Isaac Rosen. And he also acquired defenseman Robert Hag and a 2023 second round draft pick for just Rasmus Ristolainen. Last episode, we had talked about the expansion draft a bit and talked about the ramifications of a Ristolainen trade and what it meant for leaving Will Borgen unprotected. And I would say that 100% that was the right move, given what the eventual return was for a Ristolainen deal. Knocked it out of the park. Very, very great. Taylor, what is your early reaction to this deal? Well, my thought is it's never the end of a big boy era. Uh, I think the good way to look at this is that at the beginning of the Tate Thompson era, mm. in terms of the big boy, there's an alpha big boy in every team. And right now you have to say it's Tate Thompson. We'll, we'll get to who might be eventually the alpha big boy in a second here. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's interesting because I we said, Brendan, I feel like this is actually a uh, – we're, we're, we're understating this because our podcast was not built on the Sabres. It wasn't built on pop culture. It wasn't built on Marvel or music or TV or whatever other weird jokes we made. Our podcast was built on talking about a different trade for Ristolainen every week for two and a half years. Yep. <laughs> and now what happened, and I can't actually believe that it was this good because for so many years – this trade has been a theoretical from way before we won a Ristolan trade. We thought Ristolan would be good, let's say, five years ago. And there was that Ristolan for Hall trade. And it was, well, I mean, could we do that? You know, we're kind of set on deep. We're, we're kind of set on Ford, but, you know, Eichel and uh, Reinhardt and Kane and O'Reilly. So we got future Norris won a Ristolan behind. So I don't really see the need for trading for old Taylor Hall. <laughs> and then eventually it was like, you know, 
the kind of trade you make that like you could you could uh destroy another team in a trade that was the idea you know the kind of you know uh you you overvalue this guy he's not as good as you would think that kind of trade and then this year i think it was like if you trade bristol line for a second do it yeah and let borgian go like you know that's just a very became a very calculated thing instead of like a huge opportunity but it turns out it was still a huge opportunity in a way i can't even imagine they got a first round pick a second round pick a uh, defenseman who seems to be almost as good as bristow and he has one year left in his deal and they didn't retain any salary it just almost like it's too good to be true <laughs> it really I, did. I i was like laughing uncontrollably after it happened like a crazy person like i just kept smiling and was just i, I didn't i was too giddy i didn't know what to do with myself yeah, I uh, it, I I started laughing too, and it was it wasn't like a good like my normal hearty laugh. It was like a like the Joker, and and I mean Joker twenty nineteen Joker, just like the <laughs> that kind of laugh, like horrible laughter. Like who would who would laugh like that? I would. Rasmus Dalinen fetches a thirteenth overall pick. Brendan Paul Gosse got to the deadline. We oh that was like the standard bearer of I can't believe it, we got this much for this guy. Paul Gostad was a. Uh, a good fourth liner could play defense as a forward. You know what he was. You put him yeah. matchups. He's a, he's a checking center. They paid too much and they give up too much, but that's what they, that's what their identity was. What is your identity? If you're giving up that much for Risto, your identity is you're a stupid goddamn team. <laughs> yeah. Identity is. I mean, and not even that Taylor, not only a, a, the 13th overall pick a second rounder, and on top of that, a third pairing defenseman who pretty much is going to give you the exact same metrics that Ristolainen would, but at a third pairing rate. So you're saving about $4 million in cap space. You are acquiring, a, again, again uh, a top 15 pick, a second rounder two years from now, and a guy that's going to pretty much give you what you were getting in Ristolainen, but in a more limited capacity and for less money. I mean, how could you have done better on this trade? Maybe the only way I could think of that is if you did it two years ago for Nikolaj Ellers, but this was, this was a, a slam dunk trade for Kevin Adams. Yeah. I would like to point that out. That was something that I, um, a trade that we brought up in a multiple times, something that came up in the Buffalo two episode, Buffalo two, they're really excited about Ellers, uh, that's that's the trade you want to make. The trade you want to make is a good established NHL player. I mean, this is the this trade that they got is unbelievable. But I I you know, just to even everything out and just not get too excited about things, a good trade is when you trade someone for a good NHL player, which they, they couldn't have. I mean, this is a good trade for what it is, but mm-hmm. we don't I think you and I are on the same page here. We don't get too excited about prospects anymore. I will not do that. It's hard to, it's really hard to, I mean, and also for what it's worth, I think that they have a tendency of picking prospects who are not the ones that I would be excited about when excited ones are on the exciting ones are on the table. If that makes sense, you know, like taking, uh, who was it? Brian Johnson over like Arthur Kylev or, uh, Matisse over Bobby Brink, stuff like that. Yeah. That would get me excited a little bit, but Right. Did some exciting things in the draft this time around, though, for what it's worth. I know this is supposed to be a transition, but I want to do a thing real quick. Yes. I just, want, I just, want to, I just think that, so, Brendan, you're 27. Mm-hmm. I'm 28. 
Rarestus Crystallina has been with us for uh, roughly a third of our lives, which is crazy to say. Jesus. <laughs> um, Sabres took up him together. eighth overall in 20th. We did. We did. We grew up together. He is, it's funny because he, um, he got tall like you, but he got jacked like neither of us. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, no. but, but you know, he's an idiot like both of us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so in 20, well, oh, go ahead. Did you see that tweet today that somebody had that was like, farewell, Rasmus Ristolainen? I'll always remember that time at Rec Room. I walked by you and said, go Sabres. And he said, no, we suck. Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. Listen, we respect it. Self-awareness. Well, before I get to that point, I guess I could say this. I I saw Rasmus along with Johan Larson and Sam Reinhardt, uh, three former Sabres now, which is sad to say, uh, at Tempo in 2018, uh, and Ristolino was wearing sweatpants. And I don't know if anyone listens to Buck, it's been the Tempo. Tempo is a very nice and expensive steakhouse. And Ristolino just sitting there in a, uh, a, a uh, Under Armour t-shirt and sweatpants, just eating a $50 steak. Good King for him. Stuff. Yeah. But I, I would like to say, this is not a nice thing, which is like a reminder, you know, or, or just maybe a retrospective. Uh, when the Sabres got bad, got bad. Can you remember that when they weren't bad? Uh, they, in 2012, they traded for uh, the first-round pick, for Goss, Dad, all this shit. But in 2012, I think we thought, like, hey, maybe they could turn us around. You know, like, we weren't we weren't trying to do a rebuild. They tried to do a rebuild in the summer of 2013. And the first draft pick they took at that time, which was a Darcy Regeer draft pick, if you remember that fella, Darcy Regeer, uh, it was it was Ristolainen. And then a few... Like forty-five minutes later, they took the door off, but it was it's like okay, this is this is the beginning of their defense. This is, these are the two anchors of their defense of the future. Ristolainen's the door off, and obviously that wasn't the case. But there was a time when it was really exciting. Uh, Ristolainen, uh, he I believe scored the Ingle World Juniors, and then he was he was the best prospect. When they were terrible in 13-14, we were hoping they would get Reinhardt. We were hoping they get the first overall pick, which people thought was going to be Reinhardt at the time. Another guy we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but Ristolainen was like, the, you know, he played like 35 games that year. He played, he was in the AHL and the NHL, and it was like, this is the guy people were excited about. We were all excited about it. And then he was obviously up for all of all of the terrible, terrible tank season where we, we all had a lot of fun. He, he played with Tyson Strachan and Zadorov and a bunch of other losers who will never be in the NHL again. And this isn't any kind of defense of him, but it was just like there was a time when he was like the guy. When we were thinking about Eichel, when we were thinking about Reinhardt, when Reinhardt was playing in juniors, he was the guy. He was the guy we were all like, this is the guy we can watch. This is the guy that's on the team right now in 2014-15. He's the guy that – he's not the guy. Eichel was the guy, even though we didn't have him yet. Eichel or McDavid, you know. Uh and we all excited about Ryan Howard, all all of this stuff. But he was he was right there. It's hard to it's hard to uh, remember that now. It and it, it's it just it just feels like so many things when you're a Sabres fan, you know, turn to ashes in your mouth. <laughs> That's kind of the the vibe of the Sabres. But I wanted Risto to be good. I wanted oh, him to be yeah. good so bad. I I never like I we were. Maybe you were on the train too. Like in 2016, 17, that era, I defended him so much on Twitter. 
mm-hmm. from, from people who were right, but right for the wrong. Not, but I didn't even say right for the wrong reason. Right, but they couldn't tell me why they were right, so they're bad at convincing me that. Yep. Uh, why Risto is bad. All I wanted, he, he I, because he really is. He's such a son of a bitch. <laughs> like, dude, 2014, 15, around that era, I remember, like in college, I had a a buddy who was a Bruins fan, and I would relentlessly be like, Ristolainen is going to be a top ten defenseman in the league. Like, just you wait, asshole. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, we all believed it. He showed a lot of early pro, like a. a progress not progress but like just early promise promise promise, promise yeah. is the word i'm looking for yeah i mean it, it was crazy just how his standing like just changed i mean i remember just hearing about how well he was doing in rochester too initially like after he was drafted and then he comes up and you start to see some of the physicality you know his first couple of years we were actually just talking about this with uh isha who uh, he is the, the head of the hockey podcast network for a, for a YouTube clip that's going to be coming out. But, um, you know, he was a, he was a 40 point guy, pretty much like a 40 point defenseman, which yeah, he had a lot of his faults, but still he was putting up points and then those went away and then just everything kind of went away and he just became an analytics nightmare. So he, he really had a, a bit of a, I, I mean, fall off is probably putting it lightly. Yeah, I, so he was never good, obviously. But I, the one uh, thing I, I, I remember is just like, I, I like people that you know have a little personality. I like my players, my, my, my favorite players to have the, that kind of deal. And I think like he was good at like after the whistle, like I'm bigger than you. What are you gonna do about it? Like shoving a guy, laughing in his face. That's the kind of stuff I want. It's just I don't want that in the midst of a four-one loss where you were on the ice for two goals against, and one of them was directly your fault. Like. It's, it seems too obvious to say like be good, but he he just was really bad. He he, he, he was in a, in a stunning be- way sometimes. He, he got he got to a point where like anytime there was a goal, you 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 might have thought he was the reason the goal happened. Oh, easily, and and he his whole persona kind of like going off of what you're saying there was meant to be one of those guys that just sucked to play against, who would just be a pest out there. And on good teams, those guys stand out. Pretty much every other fan base besides like the one that the player plays in hates the player, but you always know like, oh God, if we had that kind of guy on our team, we'd love them. But he had the double whammy of one, just not being on a good team. So his whole pesty shtick was irrelevant in the first place, but also he just wasn't good enough to be one of those kind of guys. Absolutely. I, it just, and I bet it a lot of people are wondering like uh, why being negative for this really good trade and everything that's happened. I just think that it's, it's, you can count on us to be really excited when there's something to be excited for. I think you can. And we are, but, we are, but this we, is and, it's yeah, an honest yeah. conversation about his, his standing and tenure with the team throughout his career here. I mean, he was here for so long, eight years, 542 games. Crazy. I, it's not even the emotional investment of the, of the Sabres. It's just, it, it's just like we, you can lie about it. You can, you can be too excited. You can uh, try to tell yourself that you're, you're swimming in a lake of gold, but buddy, we're all swimming in the same pool of piss mm. for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And until it's really clear that there's a ladder out of here, we're all in the same pool of piss. And I, well, I think we just try to make sense of it. Uh, but yeah, I, when it comes to Risto, I'm ex, I'm ecstatic about the return, and I just I can't help but you know, 
like I said, almost a third of our lives, almost a third of our lives. There's no goddamn return in the world that's worth that frustration. No, for sure. Well, speaking of pools of piss, do we want to talk about the other trade that happened this weekend before we get into the draft? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm not going to lie. This one, um, it hurt about as bad as I thought it would. Sam Reinhart has been traded to the Florida Panthers, and I got to tell you, the return's not great considering Rasmus Sisterline and netted more than Reinhart did. He was traded to the Florida Panthers on Saturday for goalie prospect Devin Levy, who was a seventh-round pick, and a conditional top-10 protected first-round draft pick in the 2022 draft. So if the Panthers bottom out next season and get a top 10 pick, then the Sabres draft pick first round pick will then move to the 2023 NHL draft, at which point there'll be no protections on the pick at all. So Florida, for whatever reason, has bad two years in a row. Then in uh, 2023, we would get their pick no matter where it is. Not seeming likely because Florida is a pretty good team and they're just about to get a really, really damn good second line center too. Um, I got to tell you, you know, we had kind of talked about this really over the past month or two, just with how both the Reinhardt trade and the Eichel trade were going to hurt. Because with Ristolainen, it was going to be no matter what, just it was going to be addition by subtraction. Just getting rid of that guy was going to be a good thing. But Eichel and Reinhardt, it's hard to say that you wanted to move either of them. I would say probably Reinhardt even more so. Eichel, you had reached a point where it was inevitable that this relationship wasn't going to work out. And, and this year really was the nail in the coffin. But as we had learned this weekend from Sam Reinhardt's comments, it, it didn't have to get to this point, which is, I think, what hurts so much about this. And I've been trying to think about it over the past couple of days, really, since the trade had broke and, and just trying to kind of wrap my head around everything. Um, his comments were essentially that uh, he wanted to be in Buffalo and that it was last season, the Sabres giving him another one-year deal after bridging him that pretty much solidified in his mind that he was done. He, but he wanted to be here. He wanted to be a part of the team long-term and was confused as to why both Jason Botterill and then eventually Kevin Adams wouldn't want to commit to him either long-term. And, you know, it, it kills me because one of the things that, you know, you and I talk about a good amount here, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, smart hockey people I see talk about too is locking up guys when they're younger for longer term and making smart bets on them panning out and being able to maximize uh, an early contract coming out of an ELC. And Reinhardt absolutely should have been that kind of a player. He was a perennial 20 goal scorer. He seemingly was improving every year. He of course had that one slow start, which I believe was what Taylor 2018, I think. And then he 2017, 18. Yeah. And then he turns it on in 2018 after the winter classic and just goes on a tear. And from there, he was a completely different player. And, you know, both times that he was, he was given these short contracts fans were very vocal about not being happy about it. I mean, the two year deal initially, that was, was pretty bad. Uh, there, to put it this way, there's no shortage of blame that should go to Jason Botterill for this happening now, but also Kevin Adams is absolutely not blameless either because last off season, Reinhardt should have been locked up for at least a five or six year deal at least. 
choosing to give him a one-year contract and kicking him to kicking that, you know, deal down the curve a little bit ended up killing them because not only did it lead to this eventual, you know, divorce between the two of them, but also it ends up hurting the value that you get for him too. Even if you wanted to still trade Reinhardt after all of the events of the past year, you still wanted to trade him having that additional term and a better contract with him would have netted them more of a return than a conditional first round pick or a top 10 protected first round pick and a, and a goalie prospect. I, I mean, this is so disappointing. And on top of that, just on a personal note too, I mean, Sam has probably been my favorite Buffalo Sabre. I've said that on this, on the show many times over the past two years that Sam is probably what well, was sad, but my, my favorite Sabre, I mean, he, just seeing how he improved in the ways that he impacted the game in both ends of the ice as an incredible offensive contributor who had some of the best vision and passing ability that we had seen in recent years on the Sabres and the responsibility that he showed in his own zone and being able to break out and get the puck out of his own end. He just did so many little things that made so many of the players around him so much better. You know, players play at their best when they're with Sam. And that goes from everybody from guys in the bottom six who would get moved up to play with him all the way up to Jack Eichel. And so this, this really sucks because with Jack, this is inevitable, but this did not have to happen with Sam and with where the Sabres are headed right now, they would have been in such a good spot to have Reinhardt be the new face of the team right now, give him the captaincy as you're about to move on from Jack and trade him and at least have somebody to play that first line center role, center role for you. That's going to be so critical now as a lot of responsibility is going to be placed on Dylan cousins shoulders. So I'm extremely bummed out. And I would even as go as far to say that I am more upset about losing Reinhardt than I am excited about losing Ristolainen. Well, obviously sure. Yeah. That, that takes care itself. I think, Something to keep in mind here is that the the most important thing that happened with Ryan Hart as a saber was the 2017-18 season and Bottrell signing him to a deal uh, a bridge deal after that. I think that even though he wasn't in a great spot at the time, in hindsight it's 2020, I think there's a big lesson to be learned there. I think at the time, a lot of people, like I, I wasn't upset that uh, he got a bridge deal. It made sense to me at the time, but I think if you're a GM – you have to start thinking about what a bridge deal means in a league where you can become a UFA after a certain amount of years. Yep. What does that mean to the team? What does that mean for the player? And I think in hindsight, it's obvious that he should have got a long-term deal. Now let's not do hindsight 2020 thing. This is not, I'm not really even changing the point here, but I have to say this, knowing what you know now, don't the Sabres extent give, give most, most importantly, Darlene an eight-year deal this offseason I mean I would think even if you don't go with I I think they would probably want to do eight but seven something I mean it it makes no sense to do this again learn from your mistakes right you see the parallels right oh of course it's clear as day Absolutely. And again, if they're, you they're in a uh, Darlene where you're going to do that, I mean, if you giving him longer term too helps you maybe bring down the AAV, that's even better. And, you know, it, it makes maybe even trading him down the road easier too, if it ever comes to that, because we're just destined for failure and sadness in this godforsaken franchise. But that's neither here nor there. 
Yeah, I just I'm looking at it this way that the reason they were in such a good place with Russell Linen is that he had such a bad, bad time that first half of that year when he was going through it in multiple ways. And then the fact that he had such a almost point per game pace in the second half of the year, it was just like it was just well, no one else is gonna give you a billion dollars. You're an RFA, you're our property, you'll sign eight for eight for forty eight. And he would have. He would have, and when you sign someone, Reinhardt would be 22 at that time. When you sign someone at that point, you're buying all of their useful UFA years, which you would have done. And uh, but instead of that, he's going to become a UFA in his late, mid to mid 20s and mid to late 20s, I should say, and get a lot of money. But now I'm looking at it, and I, I want to be proactive now. Darlene had a not great start to last year. A lot of what happened with Darlene, I think we both think, has to do with Kruger. Kruger's gone, so you're in a great spot right now. Darlene, eight years, 48 million, 50 million. You do that right now. Maybe Darlene turns it down, but that's the thing with hockey players. They don't turn down long-term deals very often. I think he would really turn down like a almost seven, like a practically a seven million dollar deal a year. He shouldn't. I mean, like it just he's he doesn't have um arbitration. Well, he does have arbitration rights now, but he doesn't have like UFA rights for so many years that it's just like just give him eight, eight years. Like you're barely buying any of the UFA years after that. You're buying three of them at least, but like, yeah. sorry, four of them actually, but he's getting paid a lot and he has to, he has to look at himself and go, I mean, maybe I'm not that guy. Maybe, maybe I'm not the best player. Maybe I should just take this, this deal while it's here. I think most guys think like that. Good. I got a long-term deal. I got an opportunity to be here for a while. I got a, I got guarantees, you know, guarantees. Seven million dollars a year, or somewhere around there. That's that's a huge guarantee. Yeah, I mean, and we'll see how quickly that happens too. It could happen pretty much right after an Eichel deal happens, for what it's worth. Also, uh, quickly on that too, Elliot Freeman actually about uh, a few minutes ago, late this evening on Sunday, just released uh, a new blog with some updates regarding Jack Eichel. He's actually the lead. Uh, Kevin Adams on Saturday night had said that he would have no problem if Eichel is on our team to start uh, at training camp. And Elliot Freeman reached out to Eichel's reps. Unsurprisingly, they had said that our expectation is that Jack is going to be traded in the near future. And all of our discussions have been centered around that issue. So Eichel is currently skating, but it definitely doesn't uh, surprise me at all that they're still holding steady on that. I have to think, you know, Adams has said that he's talking to Eichel's agent every day pretty much at this point. So uh, n- nothing really surprising on that front. And I would think that it's possible that that even happens, you know, potentially this week. Who knows? Uh, but Friedman goes on to say that his guesses right now are some combination of Anaheim, Calgary, Minnesota and others he's probably missing direct quote from him so we will see too on the Eichel front uh do we want to get into the NHL draft now Taylor yeah I'll just say before we move away from this that Sam Reinhart as a saber it's hard to know where he fits in here he's a second overall pick he kind of as we we said in a quiz a little while ago like he is basically your average second overall pick maybe a little bit below average in terms of point production but he's a he's a very good player and There are people, there have always been people that don't appreciate him enough because, you know, not a very physical guy. A lot of what he does is subtly good. And obviously he was never uh, on a good Sabres team. He was not anything in approaching a good Sabres team. I will say that what I want to hear is if there's anything out there, if anyone 
listen, anyone who's in the media right now, I know you're not listening, but if you were, let's hear something real. If you have something about how he's a bad leader, a bad locker room guy, did something wrong, anything like that, report it. If he's rude to you, you know who gives a shit? Not the people in this podcast <laughs> or the rest of the people in the entire fucking world. I thought we were done with this shit in the early 2000s. That This guy was mean to me shit. No one cares. No one. I went to school for journalism. I wanted to be a sport. I, w- I was a sports writer. I mean, mostly high school stuff, but sure. I wanted to be a guy that covered pro sports teams. Market didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Sure. I never, never would have been the, this guy's mean to me, and this is everyone else's problem. It's your problem, and it's barely your problem. Barely. If you're lazy, then it's a huge problem for you. If your whole job is you're lying in quotes, then you suck at your job. Get better at your job. Yep. There are 10 people that are getting the same quote as you. You work at the biggest uh, market, well, not market, more like you, you, you have you, your employer is such that you, you get the most eyeballs in your story. That's not you being good at your job. So if you think Sam Reinhardt is a bad attitude, you think Sam Reinhardt's lazy, you think Sam Reinhardt is mean or dumb or a bad leader or whatever else, I want two things. One of two things. Report that or just come out and say you think he's a fucking prick. Say that. Say that. And see how dumb you sound either way point. yeah i mean well no i think i think the other way it makes sense like you have something you have something i want to hear or just be honest and say he was mean to you yeah i think someone you know we, you know that was a whole thing with you know many years ago barry bonds barry bonds was mean to reporters i was moderately interested in that with how how insanely rude barry bonds was i think i'm i think i'm better for knowing all those stories Barry Bonds, he's the best hitter in baseball history, and he's a weirdly insane prick. What is Sam Reinhart? Help me understand. Do it. I mean, seriously, what what is it? What's his problem? He cut off your questions? He thought your questions were dumb? Get better questions. <laughs> but even beyond that, though, it's just the matter – the fact of the matter is, is that it's one thing of, and I know this is exactly the point you're making, but it's one thing to report on a player that if you do think that there are legitimate attitude issues there, but in the cases that we're talking about here and two names, of course, come to mind right off the bat. And I think we all know who we're talking about, but it's just so obvious. That's right. Chad, Chad, D. Domenicus and Anthony. (laughs) Chad and Anthony, you're right. Them and their their <laughs> their agenda against their, their ivory tower. I, it's ridiculous. It's getting to their heads. No, but but the thing I, is, we're, that, we're coming for them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we uh, but it, it's clear as day the the personal vendetta that was put out there, and it wasn't reporting that was being done in good faith. It was it was like you said, oh boohoo, they this person was mean to me because I asked them a leading question that tried to make them look bad and they caught me on it. So I'm going to be mad about that and, you know, try and make them seem worse than they actually are. I mean, isn't that pretty much right. it to a T? That's mostly it. As far as I can tell. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Sam you Ryan, know, Hart, I think- we will miss you. I am don't know when I'm going to get over this trade. I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm definitely not over it right now. I, you know, it, it's uh, not to get sad real quick, but uh, Vanna got traded 2013. And I remember I, uh, I was at the, the Bonaventure. I was laying out our uh, basketball supplement and I was really sad when he got traded. I almost cried. And I was just, I remember thinking like, I wish one of these guys that was on this Sabres team from like 2008 to 2012, 13 uh, could have been around for just one of them. Mm-hmm. Could have been around for what's coming next, which I assumed was success, which is crazy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just wish we could have had one of them. They they only lost in the playoffs. I, I wish we could have had more winning because yeah. they were they were mostly like ancillary pieces in the uh, 05 to 07 era. And now right. it's like, they, uh, Sam Reinhart, Alcol, Ristolina, they didn't play anything approaching an important game. So, Nope. Pretty much after like February 15th. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, um, yeah. So we're going to talk about the draft here. I think it was right? pretty good. The draft, I think all in all, I mean, it didn't go happen as we would have liked to at the top. Uh, Owen power was selected first overall, pretty unsurprisingly, as we had said, both you and I were of the belief that they should have went with either Matt Beniers or William Eklund, who really fell, uh, all the way to San Jose, as a matter of fact, but Beniers ended up going two overall Mason McTavish three. And again, Owen power taking first overall. So Taylor, what was your reaction to the pick? Uh, well, Owen Power, I just, I, no surprise, but I will say that I'll shout out someone very important that you might have seen when you're watching the draft. Owen Power's grandma. True. Who could not have been more excited for her grandson. Uh, she was going off. I was, I was just watching her. She was, she was so happy. And I was really happy for her. Uh, I pretty much accepted that. I hope so. I hope so. I, I uh, accepted pretty much that they're going to take power. So I, I didn't think that I never thought they're going to take a good Berniers. Uh, good for Seattle. Uh, I will say. I, I want to put this in audio format. My one of my only few draft takes, I don't have draft takes. You know that obviously I don't do draft mm-hmm. takes for a lot of reasons in the NHL draft, mostly because I don't know what I'm talking about, but Hey, it doesn't stop me the rest of the time in the podcast. Am I right? Um, <laughs> so Two years ago, I said I thought it would be – it's going to seem dumb someday that Cole Caulfield just fell to 15. Yeah. And so far, so good on that take. I'm going to just run that take back for Eklund. Oh, that it's going to be ridiculous that he fell that far? He's just going to be like, oh, well, Eklund went seventh? Yeah. Hmm. And Major Caulfield, Elias Peterson vibes. Yeah. Caulfield going 15th is – 15 is insane. Yeah. I People thought the Sabres might take him. I know that was a very real possibility. It was, I, I remember that it was like, Oh, cousins or uh, Caulfield. And I was like, cousins. And then it was like, okay. Okay. And then it was just like an, another hour before Caulfield got drafted. It's crazy. But that's right. my thought on Eckland. Uh, as far as power goes, you know, I, I want to see, I just, I want to give him a chance. I want to see him. I, uh, I'm not going to pretend to know him as a prospect. And he, this has been such a weird past year that I think it's, it's tough to know anyone as a prospect. It's, your, your draft year being so strange, but if he goes back to Michigan, I'm actually going to be fascinated to watch what that team is like with four top five picks. I mean, crazy. I'm not a college hockey guy, but shouldn't the people like the best team ever? Yeah, pretty much. You would think. Yeah. I only had a COVID outbreak this past season, but. Well, 
And I think, you know, power had seemed like uh, for a lot of boards, he was the number one player. He seemed like on top of that, he was maybe the safest pick. But one of the things that I really liked about the rest of the Sabres draft is something that they have done very differently than in past drafts. This year around, they went for seemingly skill and potential rather than making the safe bet. Uh, I love it. Yeah, thank God. So moving on then off of power at number 14, technically the 13th player taken, the Sabres took winger Isaac Rosen. So he recently had started playing at the pro level, but uh, he hasn't really had a chance to step in into a you know more marquee role there. He's been playing in a, a bottom six role. However, he had a great uh, U18 Worlds. And that's kind of where he really started to make his mark as a, as a top prospect, as a, you know, somebody that maybe, you know, on some boards taking him at 14 was a little high, but for other people I've seen, I trust have had him at, that's a pretty appropriate spot. Uh, He is very fast. He has a lot of speed and he's got seemingly pretty high, high end uh, skill and scoring ability. So Pretty exciting stuff that they added uh, a pretty talented scoring winger, but now they are also faced with uh, uh, some holes at center, but it didn't really end there. They uh, actually on top of taking Rosen, uh, some other surprises too. After not taking a Russian player for the last five years, they took four of them in this draft and <laughs> some guys with a, a, a lot of potential so, and a lot of That's skill. so dumb. Isn't it crazy? That's so dumb. Jason Bacho and Tim Murray should be in prison. I agree. I just agree. Absolute morons. They've been a Russian guy for years. Years. I don't know about you. It just so happens to me. It just so happens. I just think it's pretty crazy that you would not take a single person from probably what the third biggest hockey country in the world. Mm-hmm. That seems crazy to me. Now, Brendan, real quick, what do you think of the the whole thing where the Coyotes lost their pick uh, because of uh, breaking the rules with scouting? Some people think it's dumb or confusing or moronic that they just still counted that as a pick and then just skipped over to the draft instead of just moving everyone up and slapping them out of the first round. But I actually think it's good and smart. What do you think? Why do you think that? I'm curious. Why do I think it's good? Yeah. I'm kidding. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say. I think it's I... good. That, I think it's good that the Sabres took uh, a, the 13th overall pick with the 14th pick. And no one will be confused by that. And it, it stayed in place for a good reason. It makes no sense. I was going to, that's why I was want to know. I was like, okay, tell me why before I tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> that's the, that's the NHL, baby. You don't have your camera on, so I can't get a sense of your facial expressions to see if you're being uh, never could. Shit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a great liar. So I think I'm oh, yes. on you either way. So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I don't also, I don't not have my camera on. My camera broke, I think. Well, we need to, we, we'll figure that out. But do I guess, generally speaking, though, like I was, otherwise, though, I know we talked about power there, but how did you feel about their draft generally? You know, I, I as a as a non prospect guy, uh, I'm a big fan of taking uh, small guys who scored a lot at whatever their level was before the draft. That's my main thing. After the first round, and it seems like they did a little bit of that. It seems like they took like very skilled guys, and I really want skilled guys. That's uh, I think that's <laughs> it's too obviously what they're missing. But like the Sabers have uh, really worked up the draft for. Uh, basically uh, an entire generation like well before they were actually bad and it's it's hard to say what you should do in the first round mm-hmm. it's tough however if you just do that easy strategy of just who scored a lot in the most recent level it's mm-hmm. it's it's not a, it's not a bad strategy after the first round no it's really not and i mean 
also too, you know, as we kind of got into like the second round there, um, they had two second round picks, uh, Prokhor, Poltipov, and then Alexander Kisikov. And uh, those are better were... be good, bud. That Taylor Hall, that's a Taylor Hall pick, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and actually the Kisikov guy, uh, reading some of his profiles, I was actually pretty excited about him. Uh, he was one of the top scorers at the Russian junior level. I think he was putting up last season, he scored at over a point per game pace. So yeah, 73 points in 61 games. Um, and his league won the league title last year, which is pretty impressive. And the thing that I love too, and I think I really would consider just this, just more like, you know, mild PTSD from Alex Nylander. But the one profile that I was reading of his from Corey Pronman, Pronman said uh, pretty much his quote was that he will endear himself to coaches with his effort to go with his skill. He projects as a bottom, uh, bottom six NHL winger, but he projects to play at a higher level because of how hard he works. So that's pretty nice then a guy who puts up points and is a hard worker, if you can get that out of somebody and that is what takes their game over the top to the next level, then that's what I like to see. I think you project is a, uh, a top six podcaster. Wow. Thanks. I appreciate well, it. I mean, you have, you have a problem with your work ethic, but I think you can go over it with your talent. I hope so. I like to just lean on the talent and really just let the work ethic figure itself out. Same, same. Look at that. I mean, I don't have, I don't have talent, but. So Taylor, let me ask you this then. Do you think a Jack Eichel trade happens before our next episode on Thursday? No, I think I'm going to be at a morgue by the time that happens. (laughs) When do you think it happens? Tomorrow. So you do think it'll happen before a Thursday? Yeah, but you know, well, I, I, I will be dead, but it will happen. Oh, so you do. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have no uh, idea. I do not think it will happen. By the next episode, though, it seems like they're wisely waiting for the right deal. I think it gets done this summer. This summer's a long time. It's July 25th as we're talking. You're listening to this on July 26th. We, the season isn't starting until mid to late October. I don't know if you saw the schedule when it came out, but mm-hmm. it's starting later than normal. The season's starting about two weeks late. So I uh, we, we got more than two months. We got about 10 weeks before this season starts. So... Yep, and free agency. 20 more episodes. Well, free agency starts on, uh, I think, Wednesday, I believe. I think that's the 28th, but July 28th when free agency starts. So that even could have a bearing on it as well. So we will see. But, Taylor, before we sign off, do you have any last thoughts to share? Oh, man. Uh, Not really. Uh, You know what? I have a recommendation. Do you have a recommendation? Uh, No, I have a random Sabres player. Okay, let's go. We'll do one each. Uh, so I uh, I had a predicament, not a predicament. It was more like a an ordeal, an ordeal. That's the way I want to put it. Okay, it's an ordeal. I Thursday night, I went to the ten thirty showing at the Walton Gallery of a movie called Pig. <laughs> I was very excited to go see it. I knew nothing about it. I heard some good things though. I heard some vague good things like this movie is great, uh, but I couldn't tell what kind of great. You know what I mean? People I trust, but it's like, what is great? Is great like a fun great? Mm-hmm. Is great like a surprising great? Or is it like great great? Very subjective. Yeah, it's it's subjective, but it's it's almost like, what do you mean by great? Which is a weird, it's a weird thing to say. Not trying to unpack that. However, I read the description on IMDb, and it was like, this guy is a truffle farmer, and he he is his prize pick gets kidnapped, and he goes to get it back. And I was like, well, I'm in. That sounds great. I couldn't tell what kind of great that was even at that point. So I go to see the movie and 
funny enough, like 10 seconds in, I was like, oh my God, main character is Nick Cage. Didn't even know. I had no idea. Nicholas Cage, who I think if you were like us, like mine at Brandon's age, you wow. might have a different idea of him. Nicholas Cage, one of the best actors, one of the finest actors uh, that's living today in the English language. He's an incredible actor. He did a lot of bad movies because he needs money for all his weird hobbies, but I think he's great. Anyway, uh, so I see that super excited half hour in the lights start flashing. I'm like, what kind of movie is this? Well, that was actually the <laughs> fire alarm lights <laughs> and the screen went blank. Oh my God. <laughs> and this song goes on the speaker. Now, again, it's 1030 showing on a Thursday at Walton Galleria. There are three guys in the movie theaters, three guys. We all have beards. We're all separate. <laughs> and <laughs> we all have beers that's a key detail yeah we're all i don't know how to put this nicely we're all like overweight guys between like 25 and 35 with beards <laughs> just like god we all came out here for a reason right we all came to the movies alone for a good reason so we all walk outside and there's a lot of other movies going on there like snake eyes came out this week so there's like that people are seeing escape room there's a few movies going on someone in one of the other theaters it turns out just lit a cigarette or weed or something but it lit lit a live joint slash cigarette in the theater and obviously set the fire alarm off you're in a public place that's what fire alarms are for idiotic yeah just do it before the movie come on so we're waiting outside forever and it's like a half hour like i said into the movie so it's after 11 and then it takes an entire half hour before the fire uh the fire gets there and they kind of come in and close it out. And they're like, yeah, someone had a cigarette. But they're like, you guys can go back in. And everyone had already rushed back in, even before the fire department got there, to try to get refunds. So I walk in to go to the usher. And I was like, hey, you're showing this movie, right? And the guy goes, uh, I don't think we're showing anything else tonight. <laughs> He's like, you can get a refund. And I was like, I have Regal Unlimited, so I didn't need a refund. Right? So long story short, long story way more longer, way longer than it needed to be. Uh I go back the next day and finish the movie. I showed up a half hour later. I've never done that for a movie before, but I was like, well, I saw the first half hour. I don't, I could be late. I watched it and I got to tell everyone who's listening still to the end of the story, this end of this long podcast in late July, talking about the Sabres. If you're here, you deserve to hear this. Pig is one of the best movies of the year. It's the best movie I've seen so far in 2021. That movie kicked ass. Wow. I loved it. It was, it was fantastic. Very Everyone cool. should see it. In fact, you should see it in theaters. To anyone listening, see it in theaters. Make sure it makes that kind of money. I know you're thinking, like, I could watch it at home when, a month from now. You can do anything at home. This is true. This is true. Wow, that's interesting. I'm surprised. Like you said, I didn't know. If <laughs> you're surprised, but I'm surprised. Well, I didn't know if it was going to be one of those Nick Cage movies that you were talking about that are are, are pretty bad. Yeah, but those, you know about those ones. Well, yeah. Because that's the whole point of him being in it is like, you know about Ghost Rider and you'll see it. It makes money and then he can pay for like whatever. He bought uh, his 45th Elvis guitar. There you go. Fair enough. We all need to buy our 45th Elvis guitar. I'm only on 43. I'm stuck. Really? You got to catch up, man. Damn. I actually have a recommendation too, now that I think about it. The new Vince Staples album. You all should listen to it. Taylor, did you listen to it by chance? No. I know you told me to, but I... I... I didn't get around to it. Amazing rap album. You should definitely check it out. I highly, highly recommend it. He's a funny guy. 
he is hilarious great sense of humor he's he's awesome he's just a really really funny cool dude on top of being an amazing artist uh you know who my random savers player of the episode is who sam reinhart mine's rasmus ristolainen wow R.I.P. Uh, lots of emotions, lots of emotions. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. This episode is also also brought to you by DraftKings. Make sure you're using the promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. Once again, that's promo code THPN. Make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics on their respective websites, along with the streaming platforms of which you are listening to this podcast on to check out the other great content that they're putting out. We'll be back with another new episode on Thursday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres.